Today on The Faction, we talk all things Royal Rumble. Plus, Monday Night Raw has a new home, and will we talk about that thing? All of that and more today on The Faction. A big happy Monday, family, and welcome to The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're in the midst of an absolutely fantastic day, and I hope that you are dealing with Royal Rumble hangover, because we all should be. It was huge, it was massive, and there's a lot to unpack when it comes to the Royal Rumble And I just want to tell you, it feels like we might have a supersized episode today. So just go ahead, get some coffee, get whatever it is that you tend to rock with when we're doing these shows, because we're going to be here for a small, we'll, we'll see how long we go, but there's a lot to talk about. I have to apologize because, you know, I like coming to you weekly, wasn't able to do that, had some things going on, but rest assured, we are very much committed to sharing all things connected to pro wrestling. By the way, we should have done a far more elaborate job with this, but life is lifing. But anyway, happy eight-year anniversary to us here at The Faction. That's right, last week was officially our eight-year anniversary, bringing you the best in all things pro wrestling. Over 600 episodes, it has been an amazing journey, and we are nowhere near being finished. So, Shout out to my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack. Also, shout out to John Murray, who first planted this idea in my heart several years ago. And here we are rocking in 2024. Thanks to all of our guests and to you, the Faction Universe, who has been rocking with us from day one. Whether it was during our time as a weekly show on Bonnerfied Radio or as a standalone podcast, it is a special time that we get together and get to have what I like to consider intelligent and classy conversation about all things pro wrestling. So shout out to all of you who are following us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Shouts to all of you who are subscribed to our podcast and all of the ways that you can catch us. We really, really appreciate it. And we're gonna continue bringing you the absolute best in all things pro wrestling. So then, there is a lot to talk about, and yes, Royal Rumble weekend was this weekend, and it was a big weekend on a lot of fronts, so I hope you had an opportunity to watch the Royal Rumble, because it was absolutely magical. If you didn't, here's a fair warning, I've got spoilers for you. It's just kind of the way it is, particularly after this particular weekend, that's what we're going to do, and it's okay, but... There are a couple of other additional news items that I want to make sure that we talk about here because we haven't had a chance to do that yet. One of the biggest pieces of news is this news that dropped last week, I believe it was last Tuesday, where the WWE has struck a massive deal, and I do mean a massive deal, to send Monday Night Raw to Netflix. So let's talk about this. 
because a lot of these things are actually connected. So you'll likely remember that it was a year ago in the month of January where Vince McMahon made his return to WWE. Now, he had retired back in June slash July of 2022 based on a number of allegations that had come against him. He resigned from the company, got off of the board, got away from creative, but then January 2023, he returns to WWE, returns as chairman of the board, and his express intent, in his own words, is to help navigate and oversee the media rights conversations that were happening. So in 2023, it was time for media rights negotiations for the properties of SmackDown, Raw, and NXT. If you'll remember, lots of noise was made coming into 2019 as WWE struck a billion dollar deal for SmackDown over five years on Fox. This is also where they announced the big deal for Peacock back in 2019, where the WWE network would move there. And of course, Monday Night Raw would land around $250 million a year over a five year deal with USA. Fast forward to 2023, Vince McMahon returned to the WWE with the express intent of overseeing and helping to navigate these particular media rights situations. Now, what happens in 2023? Well, a few things. Part of what was negotiated and navigated was the sale of WWE to Endeavor to create a new company called TKO. TKO would be the parent company of the WWE and the UFC. The combined net worth came in somewhere around $21 billion, with the WWE being evaluated at somewhere around $9.3 billion. It's a very, very big deal. The sale was announced the day after WrestleMania. The sale was finalized in September. And shortly thereafter, we started getting news about some media rights negotiations. Specifically, SmackDown will move from Fox over to the USA Network to the tune of roughly $1.5 billion. So that is half a billion dollars more over that five-year period than what they were getting on Fox. So that is a win. NXT which originally began on Hulu and then made its way over to the WWE Network before as part of that big rights deal in 2018 slash 2019, moving to the USA Network. Now NXT will move from USA to the CW to the tune of something like 25 to $30 million a year. This is, again, a very, very big deal for a brand that has been deemed at one point developmental. They are doing massive things, and it's the first time that NXT will be on broadcast television. So the big question was, what would happen to Monday Night Raw? Historically, Monday Night Raw has been the flagship show for WWE. Now in its 31st year, Monday Night Raw has been a trailblazing show for all of pro wrestling, the longest weekly episodic television show in history of any genre. Last Tuesday, we get the news that amongst all of the prospective suitors and buyers, the deal was struck with Netflix to the tune of $500 million a year over 10 years, which equates to, yes, $5 billion. Now, let's put this in context. For one, 
WWE moving to Netflix is an absolutely game-changing move because Raw will remain a live show. Netflix has been getting into live television over the last couple of years. A number of award shows and festivals have been featured there. We've also seen comedy specials on there as well. If my memory serves me correctly, Chris Rock's comedy special was live on Netflix. So Netflix delving into live TV is a big deal. Diving into live weekly television is absolutely massive. So there's that. Also, let's establish the fact that Monday Night Raw will now get double the amount of money that it was getting on the USA Network. That's massive. And when you consider that double that money is half a billion dollars a year, This is not including merch, not including ticket sales, not including any of the other ancillary funds that come in for WWE. This is massive. This is massive. Now, Netflix also has managed to work it where they can opt out going into the second five years of that 10-year deal if they so choose to. So it puts them in a good space. Now, what does this do for WWE's properties? Well, in the United States, Monday Night Raw is what is exclusively moving to Netflix. SmackDown will be on the USA Network. NXT will be on the CW. Those moves to those networks will happen in October. The move for Netflix will happen in January. So let's just keep all of that clear. What does this do for the WWE Network in the United States? It does nothing. The WWE Network will remain on Peacock. That deal is through 2026. Now, it's interesting to see what could happen there as now the WWE is really spread out over multiple media spaces. At one point, their only streaming spot was on Peacock. Of course, there's the Hulu deal. I'm not exactly sure what this Monday Night Raw moment will do for that Hulu deal, but obviously we'll be checking that out. Now, I did get some questions on our social spaces Why streaming over TV? Why is Netflix a better move? It has everything to do with what WWE has been really good at historically, and that is being able to forecast the trends and lead the way in terms of what pro wrestling would do. Let's go all the way back to the 80s, okay? Because in the early 80s, pro wrestling was still a regionalized situation where you had territories based on geographical regions. As a result, it was nearly impossible for someone in California to be able to watch wrestling that was happening in New York because you could not watch it on television. Your best bet was to find out through a magazine, which obviously is not reporting in real time. Vince McMahon's decision to create a national promotion by literally going up and buying up a number of the territories in the wrestling world was deemed like a monopoly. It was not looked upon nicely by the promoters, but it was forward thinking. He would then go ahead and strike an amazing deal with USA to be on cable television, really leading that charge. Now, you could make the argument that the old NWA, specifically Georgia Championship Wrestling, had a great deal with TBS, and they did, but that was a regional promotion as opposed to 
creating a national space. So what's interesting about this is during the 80s, you had something called the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA, where a number of these territories all were subscribed to the NWA, but the NWA did not have a national television platform. So Vince McMahon and the WWE really were forward thinking all the way back in the 80s. We're talking wrestling history now, so we're in my wheelhouse. I hope you guys don't mind. Hopefully it's educational to some, a reminder to others. But this has got me thinking, well, okay, who created the first mega event? Was it WrestleMania or was it Starcade? Well, Starcade technically did begin before WrestleMania did. However, WrestleMania obviously figured out the market to make this a massive event. And remember, Starcade was, again, an event all about mid-Atlantic wrestling. That was, again, territory-based. It was not a national promotions super event. You could even make the argument about world class and what they did with their mega event that they would do yearly. It was called the Parade of Champions. It would happen at Texas Stadium. They'd seat about 40,000 people. But again, there was no way to watch this live. So Starcade, of course, ends up doing what they're doing on closed circuit television. WWE begins doing closed circuit television with WrestleMania. And then, of course, we start entering into the pay-per-view world. So WWE, again, leading the charge with this. Once we move to the 90s, it was 1993, where Monday Night Raw would debut as a live weekly television show. Now, you've got to understand that prior to that, there was no live wrestling on television. There was not. All of the shows that you were watching were pre-recorded. Of course, nobody knew because there was no difference between pre-recorded and live because nobody was doing live. And there wasn't the internet. There weren't ways to be able to tell people about TV tapings and all of that kind of thing. So, again, 31 years ago, WWE leads the charge in a massive way. Then, of course... We talk about the WWE Network in 2014, where WWE again began to strategically see how consumers would consume their product and that they wanted it on demand. They wanted their own network, hence the WWE Network, which came before NBA's network, MLB's network, and everybody else's sports network. That led us to this era of streaming for pro wrestling that then allowed us to have New Japan World and Progress and all of the other streaming platforms that are out there, IWTV, all of those things. Now, you're probably wondering, why have I spent so much time talking about this? Because I want to create the case that shows you that the WWE in terms of business, has been the leader of pro wrestling for nearly 40 years at this point. They have been forward-thinking in how pro wrestling is consumed and presenting it before it becomes popular to do. So, there is nobody who has hopped over to Netflix in terms of streaming a weekly episodic pro wrestling television show. One could have made the argument that perhaps AEW could have done that with Max, which would have made a lot of sense, but they have not. So, Monday Night Raw heads to Netflix in the States beginning in January. Now, what this does for other countries, a number of international spaces in January of 2025 will call Netflix their exclusive home for all things WWE. So, that is a really, really big deal. Those places include Canada, the UK, Latin America. They will all find all things WWE 
on Netflix, including SmackDown and NXT and PLEs and original series and documentaries. It's really going to be special. So a very big move for WWE. In addition, one Dwayne The Rock Johnson was added to the TKO Board of Directors. That was massive. That's a lot to digest. I know. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the Royal Rumble. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here forward a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it wouldn't read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, there's a you, there will always be the S-H-W. I got a lot left in the tank! What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction. Are you ready? Yes! Hey guys, before we hop back into the podcast, I want to let you know that you have the opportunity to wear the merch of hopefully your favorite commentator. That's right. I have merch available representing us here at The Faction and representing my journey. Lego. You've likely heard about my journey into pro wrestling, and if you haven't, I can sum it up in a couple of words. Uh-oh. It took me five seconds of courage to bet on me so we've got great merch out there allowing you to tell the world about five seconds of courage and betting on you you check out that merch right now at prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide again prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide check out this new merch representing yours truly in the world of pro wrestling bet on you five seconds of courage prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide i know you're gonna dig this 
Attention wrestling fans. Join us live at the Action Building in Canton, Georgia, Friday, February 2nd for SHW 59. The undisputed IWTV Independent Wrestling World Championship will once again be defended inside of a Southern Honor ring as the atrocity cruel defends against the mysterious and enigmatic TNA star Suicide. We'll hear from the people's captain, Gunnar Miller, and witness the in-ring debut of the 7'3 giant known as Chosen. And in our main event, it's Tag Team Turmoil. Four teams enter the ring, and after one has been eliminated, the hierarchy will join the match to defend their SHW Tag Team titles in fatal four-way actions. Plus, Jake the Snake, Legacy Championship Day, Cody Fluffman, Kyle Matthews, Adam Priest, and more. Tickets start at just $15 and go on sale at the door the night of the show, beginning at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, sale time at 8. As always, kids 10 and under are free. Come see firsthand why we are SHW, and this is our wrestling. What's up, y'all? It's the Intergalactic Soul, the Honorable Brother, the Revolutionary Ourself, Darius Lockhart here. And I'm here with some exciting news on how you can watch our shade from home all across the globe. All you have to do is go to OzShayWrestling.com and click on the tab, Watch Ozshay. There, starting at midnight, November 24th on Black Friday, there'll be a downloadable link available for purchase that will send you directly to the Ozshay live stream held on December 1st. From there, select your item. Click on the box, get your link. Check out using the cart located in the bottom right corner of your screen. Click check out, enter your form of payment information and complete your purchase. Once you're done, there'll be the option to download the item. Click this and download the PDF format attached and once it opens, there'll be a link at the bottom sending you directly to the live stream of the first ever Ashe show. I hope this is an easy process for everyone and that you join us on our live stream. I hope to see you there. You know it's the Mac Militant coming to get it all. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Dawn, and you're listening to the Faction on Bonafide Radio, and that's real talk, player. Holla, holla, holla. So that leads us into Royal Rumble weekend, and there's no way that we can talk about this year's Royal Rumble weekend without mentioning the massive news that broke two days before the Royal Rumble. And that is Vince McMahon was being sued by an ex-employee who, well, in no uncertain terms, accused him of many things, including sex trafficking. In the lawsuit, Janelle Grant, who worked in WWE's legal and talent departments, alleged that Vince McMahon forced her into a sexual relationship for her to obtain and keep her job and then passed around some questionable pictures and videos of her to other men, including employees. This lawsuit is filed in the U.S. District Court in Connecticut and also names John Laronitis in this lawsuit. A lot of things have come out about that lawsuit on Twitter and other places. What ended up happening was a few things. For one, Slim Jim, who was a major sponsor with the WWE, got wind of this and pulled out of the Royal Rumble. That was during the day Friday. By Friday night, the word comes that Vince McMahon has resigned from TKO from the board and from any other position that he held at TKO. Now, this is massive on a lot of fronts. For one, 
Vince McMahon was the executive chairman of the board of TKO and obviously was over all things WWE and UFC. This removes Vince McMahon entirely from TKO, from WWE, and anything connected to this. So we'll keep our eyes on this. Obviously, TKO making the decision to remove Vince McMahon is a major, major decision. should also be noted that by Friday night into Saturday, following the news of Vince McMahon's resignation, Slim Jim returned to becoming a sponsor of WWE, and they were prominently featured on the Royal Rumble as a sponsor of the fatal four-way match for the WWE Universal Championship. Now then, let's get to the Royal Rumble, because there was plenty to talk about. So there was no pre-show at the Royal Rumble. It might have been one of the smallest cards in Royal Rumble history, only four matches. It began with the women's Royal Rumble match that saw Bailey win her first Royal Rumble match and punch her ticket to the main event of WrestleMania. We also saw Roman Reigns defeat Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight to retain the Undisputed Universal Championship. Logan Paul defeated Kevin Owens by way of disqualification. And in the Men's Royal Rumble, Cody Rhodes did something that no one's done in 26 years, winning back-to-back Royal Rumbles and punching his ticket to the main event of WrestleMania. Now, those are the results, but there's an awful lot that happened in here. The Royal Rumble historically has been a place for returns, surprises, debuts, and we got to see all of those in these two Rumble matches. On the women's Royal Rumble match, which began with Natalya at number one, and at number two, the returning Naomi. Now, this is big because Trinity's contract became a massive point of discussion here in January as the news came out that suddenly her contract was going to be up around TNA's Hard to Kill. And many wondered, would she or wouldn't she find herself at the Royal Rumble? It seemed as though all signs pointed to it. She lost her knockouts title match to Jordan Grace at Hard to Kill. She lost her rematch. Many thought she said goodbye, but it wasn't exactly clear. But she certainly said hello to the WWE at the number two spot. But honestly, to me, this got even more convoluted, and I use the word convoluted because at the number five spot, we saw the TNA Knockouts World Champion. Jordan Grace was in the Royal Rumble, brought her title to the ring. Now, this is the second time, of course, the TNA Knockouts Championship has been featured at the Royal Rumble. The first time was just a couple of years ago with Mickey James, but this one hit different. And here's why it hit different, because I've shared with you before, but I'll share with you again, that TNA, part of their relaunch involves them being now streamed on a streaming service called Endeavor Streaming. Yes, the same Endeavor that owns the WWE. And I suggested that even though there's not been a formal announcement about a working relationship between TNA and the WWE, Perhaps the Royal Rumble proved that indeed there is. As the TNA Knockouts champion Jordan Grace was in the Royal Rumble, fared extremely well before being eliminated by Bianca Belair. We got to see the presence of NXT in this year's Royal Rumble with Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton getting the call. 
That was amazing. But a lot of people were talking about number 28 in this year's Women's Royal Rumble match. As Jade Cargill has finally made her debut in the WWE. This has been long awaited since her signing back in September. Many wondered, would she or wouldn't she show up? At one point, it seemed to me like it was a lock for her to show up at the Royal Rumble. Over the last week or so, I had pretty much resolved myself that we would not see Jade Cargill at the Royal Rumble. In fact, we had quite the discussion about this on Russell Extra last Tuesday. I'm sure tomorrow's discussion will be a lot of gloating from a dazzle who says it's going to happen, it's got to happen, etc. Now, I did believe that if it were to happen, and I've said this for months, that if it was to happen, it has to be a very strong showing for her with her ending in the final four. It's documented. You can go back and find when I've said that. That's what happened, folks. She came in at number 28, had an incredible feat of strength, single-handedly lifting Nia Jax and then eliminating her from the Royal Rumble. And she was in the final four, technically the final three of the Royal Rumble. What an incredible display and debut for Jade Cargill. What happens from here? Only time will tell, but it's very clear she's in the elite of WWE. And we got a face-off. The face-off with her and Bianca Belair. Something that we hoped to see at some point. We get to see it on night one. What does this mean? Will they team up? Will they face each other? What's going to happen? I will tell you now, this was akin to what we saw in the 1990 Royal Rumble where Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior had a face-off. They All they did ultimately was clothesline each other Jade and Bianca never touched each other, but the look, the stare down, the mirror images, oh, it was everything we could possibly want and then some. The world title match, I thought was a very solid title match. Again, there were going to have to be extenuating circumstances for Roman Reigns to lose this match. I thought there was a missed opportunity because I certainly thought The Rock would show up at some point given all of the hints that he's dropped. But no rock. Roman retains the championship. Now, KO versus Logan Paul. I've been saying that Logan Paul will not drop this strap at least until WrestleMania. He proved me right. But with that said, I think the way it happened was brilliant. A disqualification, brass knuckles, almost saw the championship change hands. It had potential to be really something, and I thought it was a great match, great showing. Everybody's protected. Everybody looks good. Now then to the men's Royal Rumble match. Again, we got to see a lot of what we wanted. We got to see debuts, returns. The debut and slash return of Andrade. How awesome was that to see? We got to see Omos return. Haven't seen him in quite some time. Carmelo Hayes representing NXT, though. There's a part of me that feels like Carmelo already has the call up. He's been featured on SmackDown several weeks. Him being in this Rumble made a lot of sense. Braun Breaker enters, I believe, at number 20 and just showcased why he belongs on the main roster. Absolutely incredible. We all were here to see what would happen with Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. And the fact that it came down to Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, yeah, that's a big deal. 
Now, I have to tell you, I certainly thought that CM Punk was going to win the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes does the unthinkable, goes back to back, and it looks like, at least for now, Cody Rhodes has made his choice, that being Roman Reigns. So it looks like we've got Roman Cody 2 at WrestleMania 40. Now, as we all know, there's a lot of road to travel. As of right now, we are 69 days away from WrestleMania, and anything can happen between now and then to alter that main event. We'll find out, of course, as we are officially on the road to WrestleMania. Now, I'm sure I probably could have touched on a number of other big things happening in this year's Royal Rumble, but I think by and large, it was a fantastic event. Great way to let everybody shine, tell lots of stories, all of the things. But congratulations to Bailey and Cody Rhodes, your women and men's winners of the Royal Rumble matches. What were your thoughts on this year's Royal Rumble event? Let us know on the socials and let us know what kinds of conversations you'd like for us to have as we are moving into the road to WrestleMania. Before we get out of here, I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has offered such kind words in case you did not know over the weekend. Myself and Brandon Benefield, once again, were named Commentators of the Year for the state of Georgia. Our fourth nomination, our fourth win. Shout out to our dear sister, Diana Michelle, who also won for Ring Announcer of the Year four times in a row for all three of us. It's a wonderful thing, and I'm just grateful. I'm excited. We also had the opportunity to host the Georgia Wrestling History Awards yet again. It was an amazing show, an amazing time. Thank you guys so much, and I do believe that 2024 is going to be an incredible year in the space of pro wrestling for me and for those connected to me. Thank you guys for supporting the journey. We've got a lot of cool things that are happening, including the month of February. I'll be at Southern Honor Wrestling this month, along with a huge event called Say It Loud from All Caribbean Wrestling happening here in Atlanta. You'll want to get here as it is a special celebration of Black History Month. And then Ashe Wrestling at the end of the month in Charlotte, North Carolina. Some incredible things slated to happen there. Really excited to be connected to all of these brands doing some amazing things. And I hope that you will watch you will subscribe you'll check us out you'll come to the shows you'll watch on pay-per-view make sure you're supporting what we're doing and be vocal and vigilant about it all right we'll get out of here have an absolutely incredible day representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray i am gerard bonner and this is the faction salute my people here we go salute my people